This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to a special Easter bonus edition of the Blue Monday podcast preview show. That's a mouthful, isn't it, Harry? Um, Indeed. <laughs> uh, with me, uh, your host, Richard Woodward, and the brilliant aforementioned Harry from Bath. Harry, yeah. good to see you again. Um, All good. We Great won't do the kind of acting and pretend that we've just had a lovely good Friday and we smashed Preston 4-0. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Let's, uh, let's uh, keep Preston to one side and we'll focus specifically on Swansea, shall we, today? Um, but you're doing yeah. well. Yeah, all's good here. All's good here. Um, we we broke off. If anybody watched, listened to the um, the Preston show, um, we just we, we recorded it on Wednesday evening, and uh, at the time Tottenham, I think, were two one up against uh, Manchester City. Uh, did, did you get to watch the rest of it? So it was two all. When, was two all when yeah. we left when we stopped recording. I yeah. went downstairs and Sterling scored the third. That was a <laughs> crazy game of football. I don't know if you saw Brilliant. it. With, yeah, I did. I mean, the man yeah. of the match was VAR. I mean. It, um, plenty of debates to be had on VAR but Frank the good thing I guess and Joe Fares made this uh, point on Twitter I think it was or even on the Blue Monday WhatsApp group at least in League One we're very much um, a, a long way away from the, the risks of VAR ruining our enjoyment of football so uh, um, hopefully um, they'll sort that one we'll leave, leave, it, leave it to the referees <laughs> exactly right um, I need to do a couple of plugs so um, in terms of format we'll, we'll focus specifically on Swansea we've got a few more questions um, to go through um, from Twitter um, but I'd quickly just like to mention the Turnstile Blue folks who've got a um, new edition coming out on Monday available before the Swansea game um, for the usual um, amazing frankly price of £1 Good, um, and um, I think it's um, edition number 20 as well um, yeah. so um, congrats to the guys on that um, contents this time around um, Gavin um, gives an overview um, of the 17 years that we've had in the Championship ups and downs um steve has got something um similar actually to the kind of um sliding doors moments video that we put out kind of these kind of missed opportunities since um 2001 and there's something on the club's welcome efforts to improve um, the relationship with the fans and there's an interview with an 83 year old fan arthur winchester who can remember division three south probably one of the minority of people who can remember what it's like to see Ipswich in the third tier, and we'll all be familiar with that, unfortunately, in a few months' time. 
Um, Matt's got something on governance or lack of um, at Portman Road, and Rob's got something about financial fair play. So on sale mm. um, one thirty um, on Monday mm. ahead of the Swansea game. Um, go and see the chaps and chapesses that will be dotted around the ground. They may mm. or, they may or may not be in the Greyhound if the Greyhound is open on Easter Monday. But always a good read. Um, always yep. good to have different perspectives and views on things going on at ITFC. Um, and um, yeah, go and give them your support. Um, here, here. Harry, should we jump straight into Swansea? Um, yeah, let's do that. And yeah. it's a difficult one for us, really. This one, again, I guess we'll I'll I'll lead off with a similar caveat from our Preston show um, that Easter Monday hectic weekends of um, sorry hectic week of fixtures might lead to some mm. unforeseen rotations. So we'll do our best yeah. to kind of call out the key players and um, some, yeah. st- some stuff that might happen. But obviously, um, we can't legislate for some random. Um, youth player or someone who's been frozen out of the team suddenly reappearing to prove themselves yeah. the last few weeks. Um, an up and down season for Swansea, relegated obviously um, from the Premier League. Um, Graham Potter took over, um, mm-hmm. and it's a case of kind of they got a bit of a run, don't they? And then suddenly get an absolute battering, and then go on another bad run, and then swing it back round. And so they find themselves in thirteenth um, at the time of recording, um, which I guess given that kind of up and down spiky type season that they've had is no surprise um yeah. but um there is some quality um in that team isn't there that yeah perhaps suggests that maybe they could have done better out of the season but is it does it feel like a rebuild to you harry with potter it's it's all a bit yeah. new for him isn't it and off the field um starting to maybe regain some of the stuff that we think of when we think of swansea which is kind of everything's a uh, the word you use progressive uh, everything's yeah. kind of well considered and well managed and very much a, a club of that city um yeah is this season mm-hmm. maybe about reconsolidating after maybe losing their way a bit and and going doubling up their efforts next season yeah i'd agree with that totally they've they, they it's been a proper rebuild um, a, a, I think it was something like 14 players left in the summer and then there's a few like Boney I think he's out on loan at some 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 in, in Qatar for a, 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 he's disappeared off the scene it's very much a, it's at the beginnings of starting again and the, and it comes through in that some of the recent games that they've played they've won three and lost three of their last six league games and sometimes it all comes together and it works brilliantly such as when they beat Stoke and Middlesbrough and I think Stoke had two players sent off by the end of it and they destroyed Brentford 3-0 mm. but then just as equally um, the game before Easter the, the, uh, they, they lost 4-0 and lost badly the Saturday Out before Easter. Yeah. I, I don't know, against Queen's Park Rangers. And we'll come on and talk about that. But if you watch one highlights video, Swansea put up a really nice, it'll be on the TWT notes over the weekend, but it's well worth watching. It's an absolutely barmy game of football. They are such a Jekyll and Hyde team. But that, as I say, is a function of where they are at the moment. They're, you know, The team is being... It, it, it's been completely dismantled and elements of it are coming together brilliantly but elements of it are just are equally just imperfect and we had that great win back in october and a lot of that was we just caught them we, we you know we caught the imperfect version of swansea that day so it'll be fascinating to see which which version turns up actually on monday it'll be absolutely fascinating quick yeah. word on potter who i think was linked yeah. with our vacancy as well um yeah. i think the last preview show that we did on swansea we talked about him as very um, again progressive manager but also very yeah. fluid in his tactical well even if there is kind of a tactical is probably the right word but 
happy to let players kind of drift around and deal yeah. with phases and it's, it's less about four four two or four two yeah. three one or whatever it's more zones of the field and all that kind of stuff is that yeah. evolved or is he kind of had to rein that kind of sensibility in because he's in the championship and it's a little bit different well, we, we saw a version of it in the three-two over it at the, the the win we had over the Liberty when they took he took off a centre back and just threw an extra winger on, which mm. was just bonkers. Um, it's been a little bit more stable than that. It has been more of a four at the back, a, st- a more stable four. He does like he has played a three, but it's generally been four lately. And then two sitters in midfield, and then the wingers and the 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 two wide men and the two front men two central front men that's where the fluidity really is now yeah. so yeah that's it's it's more that than anything else but it's worth potter's an interesting one they they do like him they really like him um they they've said that i mean the one lovely quote i found was that they've said results are inconsistent but they have enjoyed watching us more this year and they talk about style they talk about togetherness and they talk about Potter's emotional and intellectual maturity. He seems to be a perfect fit. One of them said that there's a little bit of a feel of Brendan Rogers' time about where we are at the moment, but obviously with a less developed squad, okay. hence, the, hence the inconsistency. So um, one of them says he's taking us back to where we were, inexpensive but technically good squad playing good football. We have some real prospects who will make mistakes and who will need support behind them. So please be patient is the kind of the narrative that's going on there. They've done this before. They've seen a team build with a philosophy and a way of playing. They, I describe them as the original progressives in many ways. We, do you remember when they came? They absolutely destroyed us in their promotion season. I remember Paolo was it three Sosa's or four nil? team. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, I think they yeah. beat us possibly four nil twice. I yeah. think three yeah. nil home, four nil away. Yeah. Um, uh, that's why there's no shirts from that season behind us. By the way, we'll come. We'll talk about shirts at the end. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it's, we uh, had a pretty poor record against them in those yeah. promotion but seasons. But that that didn't happen over one season. That happened. You could see no, that well, that was, happened over three or four seasons. They have an so assembly line of managers yeah. there as well, and, and Potter's yeah. kind of of a similar all that. But I think um, yeah. was it Rogers who took them up through the playoffs against Reading? I'm trying to remember that. Yes, it was Reading. It was Reading. Um, I remember that. But they had yeah. with Martinez was there and Palacios. Yeah. So we've mentioned and Brendan Rogers was there and Aldrup as well. So yeah. they've, and yeah. it was the Premier. It was it was when the anxiety about their Premier League status kicked in that, and also the change of owners. Is who Jenkins still around there? I'm, I'm not. I think Jenkins is. Uh, he's treated with a little bit of uh, sort of slightly cynical eye because I think he may have made a lot of money out of the sale of the club. I could be wrong right, on that, but okay. there's he's tre- so he is treated with a little bit of um, yeah. He's, he's treated with a little bit of um, wariness. I think is a polite way of putting it. Um, but when no, they lost went, their way, though, those decisions. They lost their way. It was, it was the American owners. Yeah. I think it was Bob Bradley, wasn't it, who came in? The and a couple American of others in there yeah. too. Yeah. Just, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and Carvajal they said about him I was reading they said that he came up with one idea and the ones that didn't work he then he was kind of standing you know basically he was like a rabbit in the headlights <laughs> <laughs> oh dear but you can see so it's a complete reset that's the best way to describe it with Potter they do they do like him um, and uh, they, they as I say he's uh the, the, one of them said they particularly it's not just the the, the kind of the, the rebuilding of the club but there's a lot of individual work and we'll say we'll come on and talk about Daniel James the kind of the mm. winger who's absolutely set you know has, has had an absolute breakthrough season but they've talked about for example the incredible work he's doing on a one-to-one with individual players which they do like as well but but there are imperfections in the team and and they're the first to admit that but um but note that they they like Potter. There's a strong sense of direction. It may take a couple of seasons, but once it's properly reset, then they think they can 
they can have a go. They're enjoying. The other thing is they're enjoying life in the Championship. Actually, I think when they were in the Premier League and it was going really well, and they had that model of play and they could overperform, it was brilliant. But then once they fell into that kind of Huddersfield kind of trap, oh, of it's just hanging, nasty, sur- isn't it? Survival, survival. Yeah. Then the fun, the fun went out of it. So I think the Championship has been, you know, they've kind of settled back into the into the into the chaotic groove of Championship life. Yeah, mm. interesting. Yeah. Should we start um, at the back and work our way forward then? Because I know you've yeah. got um, some interesting stuff on the goalkeeper Nordfeld. So should we start yeah. with him? Yeah. Shall we, let's, we need to talk, before we do anything else, let's talk about set pieces. Oh, okay. Um, as I say, I, know, I keep going on about this. Well, we've, we've scored a winner video. with a set piece there, didn't yeah, we? We did indeed, so. yeah. It is, um, it's, there was one, there's one particular moment in that highlights video, and I can only describe it as a school playground mill. Is this this is about, 4-0, yeah, the QPR. Yeah, this one's 4-0 against QPR on the Saturday, the Saturday, last Saturday. The ball gets crossed in, Northwell doesn't hold it, he palms it down almost, and then you've suddenly got eight players converging on the ball in the six-yard box with the goalkeeper, and it's just everybody just hacking away at the ball. It's the only way I could drive it. It could go anywhere. And eventually it dribbles out for a corner. Uh, but you, the commentators are hilarious on it. You know, this is not unusual. There was something like 3-0 down after 15 minutes. Two two set pieces and a long ball, basically, to, uh, uh, did for them. Nordfeld is, I'm afraid... Um, at the heart of that, they lost Erwin Mulder, the keeper. Um, he broke his finger. He was the keeper who he, he, he Northfield was very much the the backup. But, but, um, but Mulder out of the picture. Northfield has stepped in. Um, I just have to say, uh, for a melee in the penalty area, I yeah. always now expect someone to do a Jimmy Bollard, a Bullard kind of run and jump over the the crowd of players like he did for Wigan. <laughs> I think it was against Everton, possibly. Um, that's yeah. all I can think of now. He's kind of ruined yeah. that for me, but. Yeah, it's, it's 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 like American football with the touchdown, isn't it? Really, you know, you, you just you know just pile in over the top. So um, nice. uh, yeah. I think the problem is they like to have a goalkeeper. Potter likes a keeper who will play out from the back, which is what they which is what they want. But the problem is his reactions are incredibly poor. One of them said that they asked what he got in his in his in his uh, um, in his shoes. Studs are twelve inch nails. He's permanently stuck on the goal line. They, ah, their okay. own players they don't trust him. He stands there and he doesn't own the box. Um, Potter is Potter's sacrificing decent goalkeeping for superior distribution. Um, and and they say well that's fine in. Um, foreign leagues but it's they said he's a good keeper in a less physical league but totally unsuited to English football in that sense you can't keep giving teams soft goals it'll be interesting to see we're, we're recording this ahead of their Rotherham game and they have got a German backup keeper called Stephen Bender who it's a great he's, name it's a great name for a goalkeeper but they say he seems to, I don't know whether he'll feature he hasn't featured at all he's very much a number three but given that they've nothing left riding on the season mm. he might get a look in he seems to be the complete opposite to Northwell they said his biggest issue was coming out for balls too often He'll charge out for things that he probably isn't going to get to, including stuff outside the area. Ah, can we love well, play him? Please play him. We want to see that. Let's have some drama. Um, yeah, that, you know, exactly. So you've got to, you know, it's the two complete extremes. That is that is a huge weak link in the defence. Probably the biggest one, actually. I would say. In the, in the you know in 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 the in the team, the three central defenders are interesting. Um, the the strongest widely is seen as uh, Mike van der Horn. Um, he's really grown. They was player of the year by a country mile. His physique, one of them said, and they and they can speak authoritatively on this. They said he wouldn't look out of place on a rugby pitch. He's got a you know he's got that physicality to him. Um, but again, 
the problem with him and also when they play Cameron Carter-Vickers alongside him in a centre-back pairing is and it, he can't really command the six-yard box. They don't have any six-foot giants in this team. This is a no, real problem. Even Carter-Vickers is who's quite stocky, no. isn't he? But he's not too. He's not that no. tall, is he? He's not tall. He's not tall. Um, he's and they talk about um, Van der Horn. He's way too slow, lacking imagination and possession. Um, and they say about they head like a Toblerone is the version. You, you know, <laughs> the 50, 50 PPs. He's, he's not that necessarily confident on the ball. He's he is a good solid defender though in terms of shut. He can shut down a striker if you were to put him say say Will Keane was playing and you put him on Will Keane, he could do a number just to nullify a striker. But um, occasionally he does get. He gets it into his head that he, one of them said he, um, I think it was a goal against Stoke. They said he suddenly made him think he was suddenly messy. And off he'd get the ball. He'd go off these mad, mazy dribbles through as many Stoke team as he could. Um, but he can play the odd decent diagonal ball out. But um, definitely the strongest of the defenders. And then there's a toss-up between Joe Rodon and um, Cameron Carter-Vickers. And Carter-Vickers has been as the man in possession. Briefly on Rodon, um, he is probably the more physical defender um, and he he's very... Uh, he's risky with the ball on his feet. He does get caught out, but he is more adventurous with the ball on his feet as well. Um, he's bigger than the other two strikers. They say he's quicker as well physically, um, but um, he can be a liability on the ball. Whereas Carter Vickers is praised for his ball work, but he his distribution can be too safe. Yeah. He's got very high pass percentages, but very low numbers passing forward. He does simple backwards and sideways. But that's so. his job, isn't it? I mean, that's yeah. we saw that last yeah. season with Carter because you know exactly what you're mm. going to get. And that's why you probably need a blend of the pair of them, don't you? Yeah. Now, we talked yeah. about um, the Birmingham City um, back two that kind of complement each other, and maybe they haven't figured that out. Maybe it's, maybe ironically, it's it's Rodon and Carter Vickers that actually is the, is the better pairing there. That's true. Rather than Van der Horn, but... Yeah, they they fear they may lose Van der Horn in the summer. He might be one of the ones, you know, if the if the as the money diminishes, he could be one to go. But would they be able to then afford to sign Carter Vickers from Spurs because he's obviously on loan there. He's not um he's not their player. Um yeah, interesting. Some of them think Carter, um, Sorry, quickly, do you wanna, yeah, just some of them think he could be a fullback actually because because he doesn't have the physicality. Uh, Carter Vickers, um, you mean? Yeah, I Carter think he Vickers. He play right back. Well, I'm not sure. Yeah, he yeah, whether he could or not, but uh, they, the other minor comment just to add and this is why Mick loved him several of them said this I don't remember him making many mistakes mm. uh, so, you know he's yeah. uh, you know, you know that, you know, for Mick that's, that's safe that, that, safe exactly that yeah the, the fullbacks um, they always have less to say about them but um, well, Conor um, Roberts yeah I was uh, going to say well, probably people know about Carl Norton because he's been around for quite yeah. a bit played for Spurs Conor Roberts was the one I was going to pick out and just see if you'd yeah. have any insights on him uh, they, they, nothing more than the fact that they really like him. He's okay. a very good up and down right back. He's blossomed this season. He's a youth product. Wales international actually. Five from, goals. Actually. Yeah, yeah. He is. He does. He has got that attacking dimension to him. He will get forward. He can put in some very good crosses, and you know he's a good overlapping right back. This is perfectly about his level at the moment. And the sense they have with him is that as the team progresses, so could he progress, if that makes sense. It's um, it's just a really neat fit. Sometimes you'll see a player who might have outgrown or may not be quite up to pace with where the team is. Roberts just seems to be just perfectly at that level at the moment. Okay. Yeah. That's quite good. And on the left side, Kyle Norton again. Now he this is an interesting one. He picked up they, with Martin Olson out because um, he picked up a he picked up a serious Achilles injury. Norton is really the only left back they have, so lack of cover is an issue. And when he went off 
injured in the Queen's Park Rangers game. They ended up moving Carter Vickers. They ended up putting uh, Grimes okay. in. They, they, they had a centre-back in, a midfielder in there first, holding midfield to switch out, and then Carter Vickers moved across. But Norton, again, a, another really safe pair of hands. Yep. Um, you know, he's a solid, powerful, no-nonsense defensive leader and defensive leader. And you know he's he's done an absolutely safe and solid job for them all year. So there's not much coming from there. Again, looking at his experience, he's 30, so you're getting the benefit of the experience without the downside of age, if you get my drift. Um, and uh, he fits in quite neatly. As I say, the one weak link in that defence is the keeper, really, and that's the thing that we need to try and try and win set pieces. Free kicks, corner kicks, long throws, whatever it takes, just to just just put the ball into the six-yard box and just uh, get your popcorn out, basically. I was yeah. thinking if we're trying to make a bit of money in the summer, then maybe we can flog them, um, one of ours. But I says, well, no. or Bart's the one that's going to command a fee, but if he, yeah. his distribution's never been too good, so maybe that's not a fit there. But yeah, no, they, they really want, yeah, no, they, they want, they they really want a sweeper keeper. That's very much Potter, Potter's way of operating. Yeah, it is. Um, interesting. Holding midfield, then there's a few injuries there. Um, Leroy yeah. first, the probably, I think he's ref- returned to training. He's um, come back in again this week, but probably maybe it's a bit too soon for him. Yeah. Well, we, as we said, we've got Rotherham. They've got Rotherham before they play us on the Monday. Um, yeah. So you never know. He might be on the bench. But um, Carroll as well is a name that probably people are familiar with. And yeah. is he out as well? He's out. He, he had hip surgery. I think you won't see him. No, he's he's gone as well. So, so they really yeah, are down. Bare bones, as Harry Moretti would say. Yeah, yeah. Bare bones in central midfield. The two most likely to play, the two who have played most regularly, are George Byers. And Matt Grimes, okay. um, Byers is 22, a Watford youth product, and um, Grimes came across a few years ago from Exeter. He's a 23-year-old, a really ra- highly rated prospect. I was say not names that people are going to know, yeah. though, are they? Yeah. When we looked at when we looked at Grimes in the um, October game, he was very much seen as a defender, but he's now very much the holding midfielder, and he's probably the strongest of them. He has really blossomed. He's also versatile which we've talked about before, that can be a strength or a weakness. He can play as a central midfielder, as a holding midfielder. He can play left midfield. He can also play left back. And in one game um, earlier in the earlier in the spring, uh, he they talked about him dropping in as a centre-back. He has that about him. Um, but they, they do like him. His passing range is good. He's um, He has a little bit of bite. He does get stuck in. And they can see him progressing with the team. Um, you know, they said the right player, the right manager, the right time. And um, you know, if particularly if they expect to lose Fair and Van der Horn, who would be two of the defensive linchpins in the team, um, in the centre of the of the team, I should say, you have a holding midfielder or holding to central midfielder Fair, and then Van der Horn behind him. Grimes would be, you know, here, you know, here you go, mate. Here's your opportunity to 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 blossom mm. and take on that role with them both gone uh, similar stuff to what we were talking about Preston with um, Stockley and uh, oh, the other guy who came the defender who came through uh, from Exeter as well kind of players that have uh, been integrated into the squad slowly but surely I'm, I'm looking yeah. for my notes that I've just lobbed on the floor Jordan um, Story. Story Jordan Story yeah um, yeah um, mm. As as in, this is the time to blood them, isn't it? You know, there's, yeah. there's nothing riding on the season. Give yeah. them first team football. If the the bigger name players are sold off in the summer, they've got that yeah. first team experience. You're not kind of, it's not a whole team of inexperienced players, is it either? So, you know, in strategic yeah. positions where you can kind of give these guys minutes, this is the kind yeah. of stuff that, you know, we should have been doing. But 
you can understand and, and it makes sense and it's worked for Preston as well. So yeah, yeah fingers crossed for those three. Do, doing it in a managed process is exactly the trick. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I said, we, we talked about this um, when we were chatting about Preston. The way you know, you don't just chuck them all in and hope to God it works. You've got mm. to, you've got, you've got to bring them through. So, but we, there's enough good quality in the rest of the Swansea squad for them to be able to, you know, you've got other experienced and higher caliber players it's a safe it's a safe way to do this i mean mick to be fair was good at doing that too again you know it's it's again that balance it, it can't all be experience you have to bring players you have to bring players in um Byers is an interesting one he's l- less further down the tracks than um th- th- than grimes george Byers. he's um they they like him, but he he gets his head down sometimes when he isn't playing well. Um, one of them described him in the Queens Park Rangers game as being particularly awful in the sea of awfulness, which was uh, well, you're getting done four 0 But they do think he's really progressed through. He's he does he le- he has less of a football brain than Grimes. He can get sloppy when he's doing well, and he can when you, he he struggles when he's up against it. So he isn't quite up there yet. They also feel he's less of a holder. He's more of a central midfielder. He should be playing further forward up the field. Um, but uh, again, you know, how old is he? You know, he's talking a 22 year old, mm-hmm. you know, he's um, they some of them said they said this earlier in the season. They felt he was primarily a number 10, but he does get caught in possession, taking the wrong options. But that will it'll come in time. But him and Grimes in midfield, they've, they've been pretty industrious. And to be fair, when you look at those two and you look at our midfield, there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to match them. And in that part of the field, of course, exactly they will right. play. They will, they will play somebody in advance of that. But um, who, who, as we will come on and talk about in a minute. But um, yeah, the other plan B there, um, Jay Fulton, who is um, came from Falkirk a few years ago, twenty five, and he's um, they've had a lot less to say about him. He is very much a, a he is very much a a, um, a plan B. He came off the bench against Queens Park Rangers. Um, they describe him as a decent destroyer, but he has to be better in possession. So when they did the rejig, he came in as a holding midfielder. But they, um, but he's poor with the ball. They the one they described him as being it being like ten men because he doesn't he just doesn't have that quality in possession. But he's good at breaking up attacks. So he's a, he would be more similar to Grimes in that sense. He but, won't go um, far as Swansea unless he figures out the <laughs> yeah. big of the ball do, bit of the case. You know, yeah, exactly. It's what you do with the ball that matters. Yeah. 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 In terms mm-hmm. of the kind of attacking midfield and strikers, should we deal with this as a big mass? Because as you say, this yeah. is where there's a bit of fluidity. Um, yeah. The big names that people want to hear about um, are Selena, um, James and McBurney. Um, yeah. But there's Routledge in there as well. I think Dyer yep. is Nathan Dyer is still around yeah. as well. Um, it's, it's it's a mixture of quality and experience. But they're really. all kind of rotating around, aren't they? But Bernie's kind of got 19 goals, which is pretty impressive. But yeah. your your view or the view of the Swansea fans <laughs> the Swansea is that fans he's fans not a kind of out and out front man. Yeah, they don't think he's the, the, he's not the striker that they need. I think that one of I them mean, said what that is? He, yeah, I mean he's got 19. <laughs> apart from the 19, it's <laughs> the old Jordan Rhodes thing, you know. Apart from the 30 goals a season, what else is he bringing to the team? <laughs> You've got to love it. Oh, God, he's a finisher, for goodness sake. Um, I think the problem is it's it's such an ill-defined attacking model that they have at the moment. It's probably the thing. You can see the defence taking shape. You can see the balance of the back six, as it were, beginning to fall together. But it's what's happening in the final third is very much... It's it's very out of focus at the moment, and it will take time. So let's start with McBurney, will we, as we're, as we're on him. Um, the issue with him... They, 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 as I say, lots of wingers, lots of creative midfielders, lots of number 10 type players. And then how do you fit a striker in around that? McBurney isn't an out and out number nine. He was a He's a kind of striker come left winger. 
and he doesn't necessarily want to play up against the centre-back. He feels more comfortable at times dropping back. But they also say that he isn't really a number 10. So he and But, but he has this instinct to drop deep and try and get involved in the game. Um, and uh, they, he, um, he doesn't, he's great with the ball at his feet. He's not so great yet again with the ball in the air, which which contributes to the defensive problems they have at set pieces. Often a striker will come back and, and kind of get stuck in and help out. Um, one of them said this. They said, I think I referred to him in the past disparagingly as an excitable puppy, always trying to be in everybody else's position all of the time. So he's not doing it maliciously. He's not being greedy or anything, but it's just... It's, 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 it's he, he directed be, energy or something. Yeah, it's, 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 it's almost that he's instinctive rather than tactical, if that makes sense. Right. Um, he likes to play in spaces that Selena takes up because Selena will you know he will play as a second striker he will drop off and um he's the square peg of the bunch um and they're trying to one of says unfortunately potter has had issues all season trying to accommodate him in a way that gets the best out of everyone but he gets you 19 goals a season yeah (laughs) that's a really difficult debate isn't it it's fascinating it really is so what's he done lately it's interesting what he has done is he's played he's used wayne routledge um as the front man hasn't he he has. It's yeah. been interesting because Routledge would see him as a winger and a right winger, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. He's, but um, what you've seen happen in the past, they talked about this in the Stoke win. They beat, when they beat Stoke 3-1 in the game before things fell apart at Loftus Road. Um, you had McBurney playing up with Routledge playing off and then they'd flip over and Routledge would play up and McBurney would play off. And then occasionally they'd bring Nathan Dyer into the equation and Nathan Dyer, who was on the right, would then swing in field. Routledge would then drift outside. And so they were just, this was the fluidity that I was talking about. They were, mm. they were, they were drifting in and out of different positions. And in a way, Routledge is very good, as is Dyer, to be able to do that because Routledge is, what, 34 now. Dyer is 31. They've got a lot of experience so they'll know how to read the the geometry of what's going on. Um, they love Routledge. He's likely to go. They they talk. I don't know what his salary is. It'll, on be, the, it'll be chunky, won't it? It will be. They were talking about on the Swansea Forum now. It's obviously that what they're saying. They were saying he was on something in around the thirty thousand a week kind of yeah, level. Which you, which you know, parachute payments. You know, would he be prepared to drop to five? You know, is the question. <laughs> you know, you might say, well, he could. No. He could look at. <laughs> possibly not. Who knows? Um, but they do say he, for all for his age, he's got a spark of energy. He will run at the opposition and go past them. They feel with with him, he's a player who can stre- stretch defenses with a threat in behind and run the right channels. He does that really, really well. So you can see him and. McBurney, it's all about mobility and it's all about pulling and creating spaces and and sort of unlocking defences very much. Um, but they, his work rate as well, they love Ratliji. He's a he's a he's an absolute professional. Mm. To say he may not have the energy or gas he has as a youngster, but he has the technical ability, he has the skills, and he reads the game very well. He's Hence got quite the, clever, isn't he? As you yeah. say, he was an out and out kind of winger and. He yeah. was just known for that kind of really surging pace, but he's actually of late become really smart. Actually, I saw I've seen him winning quite a few fouls. You know, that kind of those clever yeah. players just know how, know how to yeah. draw an opposition foul. And yeah, they talk about that a hold of play as well. If they need to, if they need to draw the heat off the defence, he he he's more than willing to do that. No mm-hmm. question at all. So you can see it. You see you see, you look at Routledge and McBurney as a as almost like a it's a it's a slightly bizarre front two if that makes sense. Um, but uh, in the sense, but in the sense that they can they can drift around and pop up in in unexpected places. I don't know how they, I don't know how you fix that. Do you bring in a do you bring in a Murph? Do you bring in a Matt Smith? Do you bring in a an out and out number nine? Um, or does that then make the whole thing very two dimensional? You know, where you just literally you've got that line leader who then acts as a focal point and then 
because it's it's such a technically based team. Yeah. You almost do want your number nine to be playing facing the goal rather than with his back to goal feeding everybody else in. I don't know the answer. It'd be fascinating it's, it's to see what It's crazy, he does. isn't it? Because I yeah. guess the question you've got to ask is, is, is McBurney going to get 19 goals next season? Because if he is, then keep doing what you're doing, right? I mean, yeah. the defence is the issue because they'll they'll score three three goals in three matches in a row and win and then get smashed yeah. by QPR and they're, yeah. they're defending from set pieces as you say is shaky as well so that's not the problem um, but if McBurney's a bit unorthodox and doesn't fit and you can mm. get someone better who who is then I guess you change it but I mean statistically it's a really diff. you know if you look at the facts the stone stone cold mm. facts you can't take out a player who's scored he'll end up on over 20 goals when he unless he gets injured he will do you can't take that player out of the team yeah. I, I don't think yeah you can also argue that that unpredictability is a strength exactly you right know, if they're that, popping you know, up in pockets and rotating around for a less organised defence which you could argue yeah. that we might be um, yeah. that's probably quite a dangerous thing to be facing up against yeah. it's hard to read the danger yeah. it's, much, it's very hard exactly to read the danger right. Yeah, it's interesting. Dyer, worth mentioning, um, he's, we'll come on and talk about the left wing in a minute, but Dyer on the right wing, he's he's solid rather than spectacular, and I think he's actually a very good foil for Roberts with his experience. Um, he he works hard and tracks back. He had he can drift in and out of games. He's also been criticised occasionally for overplaying and letting a moment pass, if you know what I mean, where he's suddenly, the portal is opened, and by the time he realises, bang, it's gone, so he's lost it. Um, but he is, his experience, and as a foil for Roberts on that right side is very useful. And as I was saying, he's clever enough to be able to drift inside and um, and allow um, Routledge in particular to, 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 to drift out to the right. Whereas I think if McBurney's going to drop in any direction, he will he will drift leftwards or drift backwards, as it were. So, yeah, so uh, Dyer is, you know, a very experienced player to have whilst bringing, you know, to bring the best out of those around him, really, I would mm. say. Yeah, should we um, finish up with the the two big names then? Should we start? Yeah, uh, Selena is a, di- a difficult one. Uh, Harry's been doing as as always really um, detailed research and has been, but has uh, you've kind of found a few bits and pieces on Selena. Nothing kind of huge, mm. you know, not you know huge paragraphs going. Yeah. How brilliant is Burst and Selena? It's kind of you mm. know he's 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 good. He's probably had a, a season that they would have expected from a Premier yeah. League player taking a step down, but has not set the world alight is that fair yeah it's they it's funny yeah he's kind of usually you get masses when somebody is absolutely scintillating or masses when they're like with the goalkeeper you know you couldn't you, there was too much information almost so they're they're all piling in to say how bad he is selena it, what we can say about him is they they love him they like the fact that they think he fits in with potter's style Potter wants him to express himself, which is something that Mick may not have had so so positive a way of seeing things that way. You know, he's very diplomatic, Harry. (laughs) Get on the bench, and and if they shout for you, you're not coming on. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) which you'll feel loved. (laughs) Exactly. No, they um, and he still gives them heart attacks occasionally with his. um, He can be slightly avant-garde with the ball. Yeah, we know about that. But that, but that fits the team. You know, they're 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 a team that has permission to make mistakes. That's that's the way it works. and they like him buzzing around. The buzzing around in the spaces behind the striker that hasn't changed. His great first touch is eye for a pass. He's such a locksmith. Really great goal um, against us, wasn't it? You know? Yes, it was. Yeah, that's that's what he will do. They, um, and in that sense, they do like him. The the key word they keep referring to is that they talk about at times. Although McBurney scores all the goals, they feel sometimes they're more effective 
with Selena playing, okay. if that makes sense, that they just feel he's got more of a threat, he's more of, it's more incisive. So it could be for Potter that the issue is not so much that you replace McBurney, but if you're going to get another striker in, who's the striker who will fit with with what Selena can do? Um, and of course, with the issue is with with James now sort of blasting onto the scene on the left. Therefore, you're seeing Selena now playing much more of a number ten role. Though again, if you look at the highlights videos when they're playing, occasionally you'll see Selena drifting outside, and you'll see say, oh, not yeah. not so much that James is playing in a is a number ten, but he's playing kind of left, just to the left of the penalty area, with Selena having having flicked flicked right around on the outside of him. So they they do this. You know, it's the fluidity thing I was again. Say fluid but, um, word, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it is. But no, they they you know they're very very happy with him. And you know, if you give him space, or if some of, with the movement of space is created for him, he can um, he can really hurt you. My guess is against us, depending on who we're playing. It could be a, if depending on how Skuse is, but this could be a game one for Skuse to look if Selena's in there, just just man mark him and just try and nullify that aspect of it. But yeah. um, but the problem is he will tear off out to the left and you know, decide he's going to go over and say hello to Josh Emanuel or James Bree, whoever's over there. To, you know, it, it, this is, this is, you know, it's something that, that obviously Lambert has to work with. Yeah. So, so, so Selena, generally good news. And then on the left, you've got, um, young Mr. Mr. James. James. Yeah. With pace this, to burn. Absolutely. And it's fascinating. When we looked in October, I normally, on the notes I do for TWTD, most players will get two paragraphs. Fringe players, I'll just put in one little paragraph, a few comments just in case they come off the bench. <laughs> Daniel James was a 20-year-old, one-paragraph youth product um, in the sense that he was just, look, he's a fringe player, we might see him. And of course, after 15 minutes of watching the game at the Liberty, we realised, <laughs> no, this guy deserves, if not two, at least three or four paragraphs. This guy is something else. He was, I mean, it didn't help that game that... Um, that uh, uh, Hurst was playing defenders all out of position. He had it was he, he completely messed up our defence. But James ruthlessly exploited that. And at the time, they described him as an admirable player, but not quite ready yet. You know, yeah, well, well, even now is off the required standard. You know, this is yeah. this is what well, this is what six months ago. And look look where we are now. Um, and uh, no, he has blasted onto the scene to the point that they're now worried, thinking that he could be their equivalent of James Madison. Um, but only a they, part of the season, though. And Madison yeah. had um, a, yeah. a season at Coventry doing really well, a season at Aberdeen, yeah. I think, and then yeah. a season and a half with Norwich. So, I mean, yeah. this is the kind of this is the Premier League that we're talking about now. Someone will take a pun on him when they because they can get yeah. him now for five million rather mm-hmm. than a year's time when he's eleven million like Madison was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it probably feels like one of these ones where you you buy him and loan him back to Swansea, don't you? Yeah, it could be that, or possibly we'll see who gets relegated. A team, you know, does he? Would he? Could it, was a Tom Ince went up to um, Huddersfield? Didn't quite work out from there. It's risky for it's risky for from James for him. Yeah, there. exactly right. Yeah, the reason I guess the question is whether how in what way will how good is he? Um, there's well, let's get the silly stuff out of the way. One of them, <laughs> they said he's a bigger prospect than Sterling of Manchester City. <laughs> what a future he has! Pace to burn, 21 years of age. The enjoy new Gareth Enjoy him while he's with us. Yeah, and then with this guy, the guy who put that up was absolutely shot down in flames. Behave, the lad's a decent prospect, but that's it at the moment. Raheem Sterling, he's not yet. Yet, now, Sterling, he's not. But 
if you watch some of the highlights, there's definitely a touch of Tom Lawrence. Um, in other words, if one of the things they talked about as he was really coming through was that the rest of the team wasn't up on his wavelength, and he'd suddenly find himself through into space, but not much support. He scored a load through. of goals like that, hasn't he? And his running style is definitely similar to Lawrence. There was a goal against yeah. Brentford, I think, where he, and yeah. he scored a few of those where he just totally mm. outpaces everyone, knocks the ball yeah. kind of 20 yards ahead and just yeah. outruns everyone. And, and then... Up yeah. the field, yeah. Um, but against Stoke, he cut inside, and it was straight out of Lawrence playbook. He let one rip. There was nothing else on, so he said, "Right, I'll just take the net off instead." And it was—I think it was their opening goal against Stoke. It was superb. It had Lawrence written all over it. And that's the thing—he's augmenting his game now. Not just—it's no longer just about pace. They're talking about him reading his game well, timing his runs well. His biggest problems have been his finishing because he's so quick that he's got no one to support him. But that is now being worked on. Um, so he's not. Not just and also the surprise element has gone so teams are now on to him so he's now getting double marked as well but that is still not holding him back he's able to um he, you know he's he's able to find space and he's able to read defenders really really well so if he is d- doubled up on he knows how to deal with it he's also very good two of the Stoke players in the 3-1 defeat recently were sent off. They were down to nine men at the end of it. One was given was was rescinded, which was Martin Zindi, because it was a he was sent off for a, a professional foul, was denying a goal scoring opportunity, and it was overturned. But the two there was a red, red card for that, and then there was a second. There's another player picked up two yellows, but it was all for fouls on James. Right. Trying to clip him when he was in full yeah, flight. Was to, he, was, he, was, he was out on the wing, and the guy literally just he put his arm around his shoulder, around his neck, kind of thing, and just uh, tried to yank him back. And uh, it was a uh, so as to say, he's you know he's he can draw, he can create set pieces, he can um, you know he can draw fouls basically out of if, out of people as well. But um, I wouldn't be Lambert will have a very specific plan for him, and I wouldn't be surprised if you probably I don't know whether it's the old. Um, uh, Josh Emmanuel debate again. I love Josh, but M- M- Lambert might feel maybe someone like James Bree and a, and somebody more defensively minded in front to come back and double up as well, just mm. to just to shut that flank down almost. That's that's certainly what Mick would have done. I don't know whether Lambert will. Can he play but, inverted uh, as well, James? Can he swap with Dyer? I haven't seen that happen actually. No, okay, no, it, seems to be, it seems to be just on the left at the so moment. So it's not a fully kind of fluid front four, four or five. No. No, it's not. I think they like to. They seem to like to stretch the pitch where they can actually. But it, from the highlight, I've only looked at about sort of four or five of the highlights clips from going back. And you look at the play, the shirt numbers and everything. And it, it, it generally in the highlights anyway seems to be popping up on. He's staying on his side of the field as well. He's very. He is very left-sided. Um, but again, when you've got someone like Kyle Norton behind you, that again you've got, as we talked about with Roberts and Dyer, you've got an experienced and a young player working together yeah. and that, that again Smart. you've got that that's a, that's a lovely balance it really is yeah um a few fringe players worth mentioning um barry mckay um oh. who they really we were linked with yeah we were linked with as well he's got, got five assists i think selena's is only the two he's, goals he's, though yeah, yeah that's it they they are oh, going to talk about corny baker richardson by the way yeah very briefly yeah, with lemmington alumni indeed yes he's on the coventry, breaks. coventry youth product as well oh there you go it, i didn't even know that it, Sorry, yes, Mar- let's go back to Mackay. Yeah. <laughs> Getting ahead of no, yeah, it's a, no, again, it could be with them being mid-table, they may well feature, some of these guys may feature, so we'll just briefly touch on them. Um, he's not liked Mackay, not one of my most disliked 
Swansea players ever, not one to have around in a scrap, wow. not one to have in the trenches, handy to relieve tired legs when we're well on top. Um, they talk about lacking courage and commitment. He should be the finished product by now. How old is Mackay, actually? Let's check his age. He's um, 24, three sub-appearances in the last um, eight games, nothing else. Very much a fringe player. Um, came from Forest last year, mm. ex-Rangers. Um, lightweight, disappears for long stretches. Capable of the sublime, although only usually when under little pressure. Um, they don't like him. He doesn't wow. like to get stuck in. So that's pretty damning, actually. Yeah. Um, and uh, the other two worth mentioning, we'll talk about briefly Joel Osorio, who is really a winger, but could play as a striker as well. Now, he's quite young, so you have to allow for that with him. Again, three sub-appearances may well feature. July signing from the Sunderland. And I remember him being in the Sunderland setup last year, and he was way too young. Um, oh, he was the big name, wasn't he? I remember yeah. it from the documentary, actually. Yeah. Very highly rated. Yeah. And I, ideally, they'd like him to replace Dyer on the right, but he's nowhere near a jet. Playing with Asoro is like playing with 10 men. Um, uh, he does offer genuine width, but we need to stick with him. He's got hellish pace, but needs coaching and guidance. Um, the season has passed him by to some degree. He maybe needs a proper pre-season so he can settle in. They're hoping Potter can get the best out of him. But he was only 19. He has time on his side. Um, the game without the ball at his feet seems new to him. That was an interesting <laughs> insight. You know, so with the ball, yeah, he might be good and he might have these flashes. We've all seen the wingers. It's a, it's a classic thing. He's a winger come striker. He's described mostly as a striker, but I think they see him as a as a right winger, to be honest. And on to Courtney Baker-Richardson, who is quite a big unit that's not afraid to get stuck in, but the screaming issue is lack of quality, I'm afraid. Yeah. Not up to standard that we it's need. It's quite a jump that he made. Yeah, it could, and it could be that he needs a season to learn. We don't know what's going on at the training pitch, so it could be that he's having to learn Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Championship football there 
with a view to next season then coming through because you could see the model of striker he is given everything else that they've got that he could actually fit in quite nicely but um, uh, um, bottling the odd challenge second to most things um, and needs to needs to control his approach a little bit as well yeah, but they feel he got a red can... card for a pretty nasty mm. challenge if I remember rightly I yeah think. that's right the back back in the autumn it's um, he's um, but he has got the right attitude to deal with some of the thugs because they lack physicality this team so if he can broaden his wider game and some of the other players are thinking they need to be more physical and bulk up baker richardson doesn't need to do that he actually needs to just do a lot more ball work and you know but that but in, in that environment that may yet still happen but he's very much a fringe option at the moment what's he played recently again three substitute appearances in the last eight games so um yeah there's um so there we go there's a few other side players luciano narsing he's a right winger i'm not sure we'll see him yeah and Danda, he's a um, attacking midfielder these are all kind of very young 20 um, but Narsing actually is 28. He's drifted out. He's not. He he hasn't broken into the team at all. Declan John might feature at left back as well if um, if uh, Norton is um, is uh, not fit the left back because he was he picked up a knock against um, against uh, Queens Park Rangers. But um, but I would say of the fringe players, possibly Mackay, possibly Osorio, possibly Baker Richardson, they'd be the three most likely to kind of to drift into the team. We'll Brilliant see. stuff, Harry. How can you not know what's going to happen on Monday now with Harry's <laughs> expert insights there? Thank you for that. Uh, that was really good. Um, should we do um, Daryl's combined 11 briefly? Oh, yes, let's get that up. Yep, um, so, again, we're kind of struggling with options there. So it's the uh, fabled 3-4-4 formation Operation, that everyone yes. knows for... <laughs> Very well, yes, Brian. Which, which is becoming not becoming known, known and loved. We're going to be into the two, three, five soon. We're going to be bringing bringing back the wing halves again, but we'll we'll pass on that for now. Yes. Um, so Brian Murphy in goal. Yeah, solid goalkeeper. I thought he was decent with us. I think he left though on a free transfer. He could have stayed and played and ended up going on mm. sitting on QPR's bench in the Premier League. I think. No, he was suspe- he was suspecting the air. I remember he played tall, for Port. But, yeah. He played for Portsmouth against us in the FA Cup, if I'm not mistaken. And okay. Portsmouth fans talked about him being suspect aerially. And he um, and I, one of the goals I think we got back in, the, this was in the draw in the first leg, was um, what was an aerial ball. I'm pretty certain about that, actually. But uh, but he was at Swansea. I mean, he goes back. I mean, he was at Swansea 05, 06. He's in his mid-30s now, I mm-hmm. think. Um, yeah. I think he's still, a, is he, I think he might be with Cardiff now, actually. He's very much a backup player, but he's still he's still playing, definitely. Still fine. Yeah. The other option there is Lee Bracey. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, Lee Bracey never <laughs> played a game for us. Um, no. the, the back three, um, Andy Legg, he of the long throw and... The yes. summariser for um mm. for us down in the southwest. Um Cameron Carter Vickers, aforementioned Carter Vickers. And yeah. Jim Jim Feeney's a name I don't know. Yeah, Jim Feeney played for he's a post one of the post war era, played forty six to fifty, I think, for Swansea and then left Swansea and came across to us and spent six years at town. So um I don't I know very little about him, I'm afraid I tried to dig around but there's not not much on him we have a little bit more on one of the other old school players we'll come on to later mm. but um but but vickers carter vickers leg feeney that's a decent enough back three i suppose the midfield is a little bit unbalanced as well there's a, there's three midfielders but there's a lot of width in there <laughs> yeah. i think we'll um so mr selena will lob into the middle of the yeah the, the other two which is 
which um, it becomes self-evident why um, Paul yeah. Anderson and Guion Edwards. Yeah, I don't remember Anderson spell at Swansea. I do hope Daryl's got that one right. I no, he has. It was a Liverpool loan. No, it was a, it was very peripheral. Oh, it was it? Okay, fine. It was early in his career when he was coming through. He was on. He was. A, I think he started at Liverpool and he played on loan for Swansea very briefly. But um, you know, he's not. You know, he, he's not. He didn't ling long, linger long in the memory. And uh, just we, where we were talking about the press one about having a um a Richard Chaplow day. Hmm. Well, of course, there's a Paul Anderson day, of course, as well. Of course, there is. Yeah, there yeah, is. yeah. Of course, you, it does work. This idea, you know, somebody who'd scored a, a defining goal, so, you know, a moment in history that we could kind of grasp Saint onto. Saint Paul, Saint Paul, you know, the you know the, the feast of Paul Anderson or whatever. You, you, you celebrate yeah. Saint Paul's Day by punching your ceiling and making <laughs> exactly. a hole, and then Paul Anderson pays to repair it for you. <laughs> um, oh, should we go through the front four? We've um, Daryl will, will tweet this out and probably yeah. um, undo the change that we're making. Um, yeah. But we are going to go with um, Jason Scotland, yeah. um, Rory Fallon, um, mm. Shefki Kuchi, and the yeah. other player that you mentioned, the old school player, mm. Sammy McCrory. Yeah. Um, anything yeah, to just, tell us about yeah, Sammy yeah, Daryl gets the credit for this. Daryl did a bit of digging around. McCrory played for, is another post-war player. He played for Swansea immediately after the war, 46 to 49, and then came across to town from there for he spent about three years with us the city joined in March 1950 this is from Wiki but it's interesting he didn't get off to a great start with the Tractor Boys he became the first Ipswich player to be sent off in league football in a match against Aldershot um, however the following season he was the top goal scorer in all competitions and made over 100 appearances um, he then had the spell with Plymouth and then he also interestingly scored he moved to Southend and he scored the first ever goal at Roots Hall against Norwich City so oh, we'll pretty. So there like, is some yeah, he's in. So he's first ever in. Ipswich Town yeah. League football red card was that? Yeah, yeah, there but, it, but he also scored against Norwich, so that he's got to go in. Yep. Saint no, Sammy's yeah. Day. Um, Saint Sammy's Day. Mm. There are some other options on the bench, striking wise. Yeah. We've um, Lee Chapman was the player that Daryl put in, and, and we bumped off mainly for his Ipswich spell. Um, yeah. Tommy Lang is in there. That's another name that won't be familiar. Yeah, he's another. He's pre and post war again. I think not one who lived long in the memory. He played for Swansea before the war, thirty seven, thirty eight, and then that immediate post war season he came across to town. But nothing, nothing notable there. Yeah, Frank Nuble, as he likes to be called. <laughs> Bless him. Um, Thomas Priskin, who is also in the Preston team, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Robin Turner, who's seven. He was in the seventies, wasn't he? Seventies team, I think. That's right, he was. He was with us. I looked up, I, I could be wrong on this, but I checked, double-checked this a few places. He was with us from 1973. Dave will know. I will need to case we're wrong on this. He was with us for about 12 years. I think he was very much a fringe squad player. He was with us for a long time. I may have got that wrong um, from the research. I looked it up on a, not just Wiki, but on different other sources. Uh, but he went to Swansea very briefly after that. But I think he was very much in the background. But as I say, shoot me down in flames if you've got that wrong. But uh, I think he's, um, yeah. he was always, he was a, he was a bench player, wasn't he? And he's always in yeah. the photos. I, I remember yeah. having a um, um, the match of the day Ipswich Town history know. video, and mm. um, and he was always there celebrating with the player who just scored the yeah. goal, rather than maybe being involved in the action himself. Yeah, but, very much a backup. Um, mm. But yeah. Um, well, um, another good bit of research there from Dowell. Yeah. Excellent. Interesting. Stuff. I do like that midfield of Anderson, Selina, and Edwards. You know, Selina on his own in a midfield with two wingers would be, you'd, you'd just pay to watch him. Just, you know, because given, given how profligate he can be on the ball, your poor defenders would be left wide open with no protection whatsoever. <laughs> you'd be looking for Coochie to drop back, actually, to kind of work. I thought Scotland and Coochie together would work as a nice pairing, actually, up front, because Scotland could really hammer up against the defensive line. We need a few 
drop as well, don't yeah, we? Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, and Coochie playing in a round off him. That would work quite nicely. But uh, yeah, thank you, Daryl. Look, great team. Thank you. Let's um, let's finish off with some questions. And there's one that I'm going to um, apologise for immediately because I'm going to bail out on the answering this one. Um, from Gabriel Sutton, Harry, and I'm hoping you've done your homework on this one because otherwise we might have to defer this one until Sheffield United. Um, the young player we're most excited to see um, or get a chance to see in League One. Did you do your research on this one? I haven't done that much, no. When I saw the question, I was thinking more from an Ipswich point of view rather than from an op- opposition team point of view. Oh, yeah. Well, let's mm. do it that way round, and maybe yeah. uh, maybe we'll come back and do it with Come uh, back to us, Gabe, on that opposition game. Like, I, we just don't have that. I just don't think we have the data yet on League One to be able to come up with a, a, a decent, a, you know, rather than just wild stabs in the dark, and we need to do some more homework. But for, for Sheffield United next week, I promise we'll... Let's do that I'll one. Come, yeah. I'll, come, I'll, come up, I'll come up at a three or four once I've had I'll a do the same. Round. And they'll all play for Coventry yeah. City. Um, <laughs> but the young player of ours that you're looking forward to I, I think we've talked about Andre Dizel before and Teddy Bishop the questions from yeah. last time around any other yeah. names that we've not mentioned well, it's, it's Lancaster, Lancaster. For me. I, we talked about this in the Preston um, uh, show the, um, that, that somebody could come through out of nowhere I, I just have a feeling about Downs I just mm. have a feeling he could absolutely take that lead by the scruff of the neck we'll see stuff. Yeah. Um, Blue Soap as threatened previously what is your favourite <laughs> wine with dinner how highbrow do we want to go on this? This is the question. Right, general wine is a, pin, a New Zealand Pinot Noir is the default for anything else. Um, but there are we do we all have phases, you know. You go through different wines. Um, you, you know, you try trying trying different ideas out. But um, there's a there is a really high class, really high class white Burgundy wine called Poulini Montrachet. Now, if you want a really decent go. wine. It's there is nothing like it. There really isn't. It's quite brilliant. It's um, that that's one I I drop in. But I feel some like of the a wine spin-off podcast is needed. Yeah, there's a few. No, it's a few, we all have phases. These things need to be explored. But generally, red Pinot wine, Pinot Noir, I should say. That's what I'd go for. I don't know about. I don't know where you'd stand. I'm a big fan of a Malbec. Oh, Malbec's nice. Yeah. Malbec's nice. I'm, yeah. I'm more of a red man than a, a white man. Yeah. But, yeah. The, the older I get, particularly in the summer, I seem to be enjoying white wine a lot more. So, um, but I'll go with a Malbec um, because it sounds um, like I know what I'm talking about. Um, Tim Pashley, I'll give my Tim. Um, and um, the, the reason we didn't ask this um, for the last time around um, will become clear now. I'll start with the second half of his question. Do you do like my family and save a Christmas pudding for Easter? More food. Odd tradition. <laughs> yeah, the food stuff. Do you yeah, save a Christmas food. pudding for Easter? Um, I've got a confession. I don't know where you stand on this. Christmas pudding for me is a bit like an away day at Reading. Oh, um, okay. Oh, we've, it's, it's I'll stick this on the shit thing. list with Roy Keane, shall we? <laughs> exactly. You know, the idea of having Christmas pudding with Roy Keane would not really make me in at the Medeski Stadium. You know, we're, oh. kind of, we're, building, we're, building, we're building up a doomsday scenario here. I just don't, I just don't, Christmas pudding, I don't know. It's never, it's, I think we can it's confirm it's, it's an odd tradition, though, can't we? It is I, an odd tradition. I've never heard that before, Tim. Um, as I say, my partner does like Christmas pudding. She'll, you know, she'll, She'll happily wolf it down, but there's a we've never kept it. We've never kept it. I could imagine it'd be lovely though, because it's all the juices have all marinated through. I mean, I remember my mum making it as a as a child back in the sixties, and um, the smell in the kitchen was absolutely gorgeous. But um, no, it's never never done yeah, it for well, me. I, I hope the mm. the passion clan have uh, enjoyed their Christmas with yeah. Tim. Um, he asks, um, can we do the Swansea double? We we didn't mention this before. Um, yeah. But, but there is an opportunity here for a double there, this season. A double, which would just, that would just be ridiculous, wouldn't it be? It depends. The, I was thinking about this before properly having a look at Swansea, and the parallel I was coming up with was Hull, in that Hull are a bit Jekyll and Hyde. They have a lot of really good individual players, but um, 
and they can turn up, but just as equally, they can not turn up. As I say, unfortunately, we got Hull twice when they turned up. Um, so if they, if the QPR version turns up, there's every chance that we could, the team that lost 4-0 to QPR, there's every chance we could do the double, actually. they You've got to look at that. I know I keep banging on about it, but it's worth looking at that QPR highlights video just to watch some of the defending. It was um, it was proper car crash defending. I might clip that, that bit it. that you've talked about and put it in yeah. sepia or something and kind of yeah. put a 60s commentator over, the, get, do a Kenneth Wollstone impression over the top of it. It's, it is. It's, 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 it is Charles, Charlie Charles stuff. It really is. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed for an Easter miracle there, Tim. That would be, that um, would be brilliant. Mullet. Um, wow, we're getting... Jesus said, I am the light and the resurrection. Who or what will be our light and resurrection between now and the start of the season? Um, big question. Um, to me, if you're, if you're using that parallel of death and resurrection and you could talk about de- relegation being the death, um, the preseason is the days in between... We're getting into theology oh, here. Oh, we between go, good Harry. Fri- between Good Friday and Easter Sunday, and then Resurrection is next season. So in which case, then, the pre-season Germany tour is the moment of light in that sense. But it won't happen overnight, whereas with the Resurrection happened in very quickly. Um, this won't happen overnight, and, um, and I'm not sure one signing will bring about its reality. It will emerge. I think it's going to emerge. We talked about this at the Preston game, and it was talked about on the flagship show. Rather than an immediate blast, I actually want to see momentum, and I'll keep banging on about that. I want to see us grow in momentum as the season goes on, because that's what will—that's what's going to get turn it around. Yeah, I don't want to. See, if you go out like a like a greyhound and then suddenly slow down, I would be more worried. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, there we go. I, I'll combine my answer into one yeah. into one name, person who who needs to be a resurrection or have a resurrection in our squad, and who could be our light in League One, Emir Hughes. Oh God! Pronounced <laughs> in the Welsh way. Hughes. Oh, of course. Mullet <laughs> <laughs> um, also adds Easter eggs or big bars of chocolate. Mm-hmm. If so, who would That's... like to sponsor the pod? Well, it's got to be something by Cadbury's, right? Yeah, right, off the totally, bat. Yes, totally agree. Absolutely. I've, that's what I've written down. I'm quite old school. Cadbury's will do for me. Yep. Cadbury's yeah. eggs I, seem yeah. to be better than the chocolate. Dairy milk chocolate as an egg. Yeah. To me, seems to taste better. I don't know why. Oh, so it it's. I think it's. I think it's a childhood thing. It's that thing when you open the package and you break open the two halves and the smell of chocolatey air that comes out. It's oh. quite. You just don't get that with a chocolate bar. It's. It's the theatre of it as well. The other thing I've written down again. This is going in. This is going into my Roy Keane list. Not American chocolate and not Galaxy. I just don't get that. And oh, I apologise to Galaxy. I'm sure they make very fine product and many of you like it, but I just. It's just. I just don't get Galaxy chocolate at all. I'm but sure Easter. Yeah, Easter eggs every time though, definitely. Yeah. We would we would welcome a uh, uh, sponsor from Cadbury's um, buttons, yeah. Easter eggs maybe, I don't know. Um Edward Croft, um what's this is more? Four three three or four one two one two diamond? Um yep. could Edwards play up front alongside Kwana, Harrison and a diamond? Um mm. what formation will Lambert want to implement now for next season? Do you think Lambert's gonna stick with this kind of four three three that he's been using throughout the season or do we need to kind of move to two up front because it seemed to work in the second half against Birmingham mm. that's another $64,000 question it's um, I th- it definitely one up front didn't work against Brentford I think given what we have it's got to be a diamond because it gives Quanner a foil in Jackson in Edwards in someone to play off and it makes better use of our mad number of midfielders and our lack of wingers. So you get some balance within what we have, even though it then just does put the fullbacks and it does make more demands of the of the central midfielders. Um, 
it would be interesting, as I say, to see Edwards playing more regularly off a striker to see if they could actually build build some sort of relationship. The problem with Edwards playing off a striker is that when you play more centrally, it's less about pace. You don't have as much you've done up as much space to work with it's more about technique and anticipation so that's the that's what you've got to make it to call on edwards do you want him out there for his pace do you want him out there for what he can do technically in the team um i would say for now if we didn't change anything next season i would play a diamond but let's see what striker let's let's see what uh, we talked about swansea trying to configure their final third i'm fascinated to see what lambert does over the summer with that yeah if uh, we have a better striker in that in the yeah. number nine position and get players around him. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm necessarily against the formation that Lamb has been going with, but at the moment it does still feel that we're too isolated up from. So yeah. maybe he'll change yeah. it. Um, Andy Grimes on the pitch, where has Lambert gone wrong? I feel we've, um, we have to talk about an inability to win um, since he came or uh, not as many as perhaps people were hoping uh. um, if I can reword the question. Regardless of the situation he inherited, I can't help feeling bitterly disappointed that we didn't put up more of a fight again Andy apologies for editing your question but I, I feel it's only fair to provide some balance there on that point um, mm. did you feel that we didn't put up much of a fight under Lambert or um, and this, I, this lack of turning draws into wins which we did reference and press them yeah it's one of those things if you know if you turn 10 of those draws into wins literally those 10 goals I mean I saw the Bristol City game that was so typified games where we probably had 55% 60% of the game but we couldn't quite get that half goal in terms of our play into a full goal, you know, which it was, it, you know, that's probably what's done for us in the end. I, I, I keep going back to this. I'm unhappy criticizing Lambert given the messy inherited rich. Mm. I really feel, you know, it's, you cannot, you cannot overstate the damage that was done to that squad, the lack of experience, the lack of quality that he was inherited, that he inherited, the lack of a loan window, the inability then to to bring in sufficient reinforcements that didn't get injured in January. It's just everything, everything just went against him. So I'll cut him that amount of slack. That said, what would I what would I pick up on? I don't see Quaner as a striker. He's he's a strange. I was watching him against um, Brentford. He's he he's a winger, but he has the pace of Andy Carroll. Mullet, as I said before, memorably described him as like Daryl Murphy in slow motion. Um, but I can't actually shake off a Frank Nubel comparison as well with Quaner. Okay. There's something he's, he seems to be in that bit of the Venn diagram more than anything else. But we've no one else, and he has been very selfless. He's been heroic. He's scored a couple of good goals. And but I would love to see him as a proper winger, just spinning crosses and putting assists in. But hey ho! But then we've had no Will Keane, we've had no Ellis Harrison, so he's had it, yeah. he's had no choice. The only other comment I'd add in, um, come back to me on both of these, is I would have loved to have seen him trust John, Josh Emmanuel a little bit more. There's something about people not I don't know I think Josh is a great right back but there's something about it there's some trust issue there I don't know quite what it is with managers and him because uh, I, I, I think he's got the athleticism and the only way a bit like with Swansea we were talking about he needs experience and he needs experience on the pitch with this group of players to iron out the creases there we go yeah, yeah interesting stuff there Aaron. I, no. I, I, I totally agree with you in terms of um, Lambert the expectations of Lambert are on when he came in after after yeah. the start that we had in the squad that he inherited um, yeah. it is about next season for me the, the yeah. only things and, and the other mitigating circumstance really is Lambert can't run onto the pitch and put away the chances that our strikers have missed he, yeah. you know and we're talking really fine margins aren't we the the run of draws the one all draws that we had there's, yeah. there's always a moment in a match where someone has the chance to, to put, uh, put something in the net yeah. and 
we haven't taken it. We haven't had the quality to do that. And I don't think that's Lambert's fault. He's made the best of that situation with what he could bring in January and what was in the club to begin with. So yeah. I think, Andy, mm. we, I think we just need to be patient. We need to accept that the writing was probably on the wall when Lambert, even when Lambert came in. Yeah. It was always a, a, a looking like an impossible challenge and it's proven to be that way. Um, a couple more to finish. Stevens asked us quite an expansive question about any of the clubs that have gone down in a similar state to us and where they are now. I think that probably merits a bit of research, Stephen. I don't think, um, off the top of my head, I, I can't. I, there's obviously been plenty of clubs in a similar position to us in terms of stature that have gone down, and but yeah. probably we need to think about that one a little bit more rather than um, give you an. I'll, have, I'll have a look back over the last ten years. It's the two the two things going back to why do teams go down? The teams go down because they're not big enough or teams go down because they're not well run going back to the owners relegate clubs thing and I guess the ovals and the Burtons they tend to go down though with last minute heroics they didn't go down they weren't badly relegated they were good league one teams hanging on for dear life which is what you could argue you're seeing with Millwall Wigan and Rotherham at the moment they're all kind of good league one teams but they're just you know somebody somebody something's got to give somewhere um it's it's an inter- yeah, it's an interesting one. Can I? I'm gonna have a little look into that during the week. And I think come Gabe, back to that Gabriel one. Sutton's question and Stephen yeah. Stephen McCafferty, thank you for the question, Stephen. And I think yeah. both of us will do a little bit of a digging on both of those, and we'll come back and address yeah. those next week. Um, yeah. Andy Wheaton, um, I hear fans worried about us being competitive in League One. Uh, I assume that means not competitive. Um, is that a well-founded concern or just fans lacking confidence in our team's ability, um, no, similar to our own team's confidence this yeah. season? Um, yeah. No, we, we, we are being properly relegated and for a good reason, Rich. We really are. Yeah. That handy this confidence well. thing is really important yeah. as well. And I, yeah. I think um, the guys on the flagship last week were talking about it mm-hmm. as well. You know, we ju- we ideally need to win the first game. I'd take your point that maybe if there's a run of draws or, you know, maybe the, uh, an odd defeat in there and suddenly things start to mm-hmm. click into gear, I think that'd be good. But if we go a, a few weeks into the season without a win, I think nerves will start to grow. So yeah. Yeah. And, and and that comes after a season and a half, at least of of us just being fairly middling and and it getting yeah. steadily worse. So I don't think it's wrong to be um to be lacking confidence in our ability to rock up in League One and smash it. Um, mm-hmm. We need to put our trust in Lambo that he's got a plan to be able to turn things around, though. Yeah, I agree. It could well be as well. I I, I possibly be a bit negative about this, but having had and this the rot did go back to when as things fell apart under Mick the previous season. You know, it, it does take you. It takes it out of a, a supporters as well, confidence-wise. And you feel, oh God, you know, we've. You're almost conditioned into accepting that this is going to be a struggle. It's going to be a battle. You know, we should have more than enough to be competitive against the bottom half sides. And it's a question of regrouping and then looking at it's the Charlton's and the Peterboroughs, whoever misses out from Barnsley, Sunderland, Portsmouth, and whoever gets relegated with us. Bolton coming down is a reassurance because I'm not sure their new owner will necessarily. We'll see. Let's if not he, if he that passes one. the fit and proper yeah. test as well. Yes, yeah, that's true. But that's um, but that you're looking at that. That's who I'm. That's who you're benchmarking yourself against, I guess, next season. But um, but hopefully, 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 it wouldn't it be great to have three wins on the spin? Have a one of those Saturday, Tuesday, Saturdays where you get nine points, and then you're suddenly right. Okay, lads, we're back in the room. That would yeah, be brilliant. Great that show. Would be brilliant. Yeah. Um, Sam Chapman. Um, Ask us about season tickets. We kind of talked about that in the last um, yeah. pod, Sam, and we will talk about it in the flagship as well. But he asked if we are going to play the ball out from the back next season because Lambert did try to do that and abandon that fairly, you know, a few weeks into the experiment of the split centre backs. Will that mean a change of goalie? And who do we drop to get Wolfenden in the team? 
could we go 5-3-2? So I guess there's there's three things there. Number one is, do we think we need a change of keeper? Do we think we need to play out of the back in League One? Um, mm-hmm. And two, if 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 we want to play Luke Wolfenden, and if we do want to play Luke Wolfenden, do we drop him in instead of one of Enciala, Collins, or Chambers, um, or do we go maybe three at the back? Mm, good, that's a really good question. I think the I don't know what you think, Rich. Part part A of the question it echoes a bit what's going on at Swansea in that they've they're they've, they've decided on a model of play. Um, under Potter and they're now moving the team in the direction of that model of play now assuming that because that's ultimately how you go up and stay up and make it sustained when you get there so on that basis I think if that's the way Lambert wants to play he'll be able to do it more easily it was was impossible to do in the championship we all remember that but the West Brom game on television where they were double marking our fullbacks Bart had no choice but I always call it the postage stamp where you put all the players in a postage stamp formation for the goal kick we were having to go back to that Um, in League One I think we would be in a position to be able to play out from the back with more facility I would hope so anyway Um, Changing to wing, changing to a wing back system is a, it's is a huge thing to do, um, because it puts a back three. It needs way more coordinating than a back four or a back two, and also the two wide players in a back three are usually then isolated. They're almost quasi um, full back, quasi centre backs. They're not out and out centre backs. So before you get into saying can Luke Wolfington play in the back three you're looking okay do we have three mobile centre backs one who can do the sitting and then the other two I mean Sheffield United when they play with full backs O'Connell usually whoever's they, they, the, 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 two, the two wider of the centre backs don't just sit they will overload the flanks as well so you've got to look at our centre backs to decide if they actually have that in their game mm. the argument in favour of playing with wing backs is the fact that we don't have a huge amount of width and we have good centre backs so you could operate that way you've got two strikers and one in behind and so i think kenlock and emmanuel actually probably function mm. much better up the pitch as well rather than being orthodox fullbacks yeah. so certainly kenlock i think josh does too but we haven't seen enough of that i think he could do but um the question then is what is the nature are you going to have just three static center backs uh, or are they prepared to to you know just how what's the mobility question with those um because to me chambers and Nciala and probably collins are probably they would be the sitters and you know with Jonas disappearing because he would do the job brilliantly as a left centre back in a three um, and I don't know enough about Wolfenden I, I did, he, whether he has that mobility as well to be able to again push out and you know you're looking for players who did that Richard Kill thing of not just sitting with the ball but actually trans, you know you're translating it up into midfield yeah, yeah. no I'm, I'm, my instinct is to go to the back four it feels like yeah I, th- I yeah. think you agree, I, I agree yeah. there and, and in terms of Sam's point about playing out from the back I don't think the issue is necessarily Bart it's it's the fact the team's figured it out and figured out how to nullify yeah. us from doing it so yeah. um, I don't think there's a need for a change of keeper there and there might mm-hmm. be a need for a change of keeper if we sell um, but yeah. <laughs> um, and finally, Luke Penning, who um, who's doing some really interesting um, video posts on um, possible transfer targets and all that kind of stuff, um, mentions one of those names that we've heard about before. Um, not sure how much you know, but would you take Tranmere Rover striker James Norwood as a potential striking option um, with his contract up in the summer? Top goal scorer in League Two. Um, he's seen him. He rates him. He's done a video. Yeah. I've retweeted it. Um, yeah. I think we're interested there. I think that is something yeah, that I've I looked, heard. I've, but... been, I've had a look on the transfer, on the Tranmere forums as well. Um, 
he looks good in the highlights packages I've seen. I saw the videos that have gone up. They really look good. And Lambert obviously used that phrase he used in his press conference the other day, that little bit up top is how he described it. Um, and in that sense, it's not just, he seems to fit not just the, 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 the brief in terms of his scoring record, but also in terms of the type of striker that we're looking for, um, you know, to, to balance what else, what else we have. Um, so in League One, you know, there isn't that much, de- there isn't the same daylight between League One and League Two as there is between League One and the Championship. So it would be a, a relatively low risk transition, as it were. And, and I don't think we've anybody in the coming through ourselves, from what I can see in the under 23s, or, you know, because that's the other thing. You've got to say, no point bringing these guys in if we've got some really good people coming through at the back, you know, um, or, at, or in the, from the, the youth teams, exactly. That Morris possibly, that's who you're benchmarking them against, I would say, rather than just getting them in because, we, you know, we did that last summer and look where it got us. Um, yeah. But Norwood, from what I've seen, he does. He's certainly merits serious consideration, I would say. Yeah, and I think you're right. Yeah. I think in League One, those kind of punts are probably more likely to pay off than him making yeah. the two division step, which is what we've seen with yeah. Caden Jackson. So yeah, um, and then yeah. You get, and you get and you get the forty games plus the Check It Trade Trophy of all these wonderful games where they can all actually com- com- play competitively with each other and and sort of forge that identity and no fee as well which is something that is going to be very enticing to marcus evans marcus evans definitely Um, before we before we finish up with some plugs and all that kind of stuff i Mm. need to um for those watching the video i didn't mention my shirt so i've got um a shirt Mm. commemorating our fa cup win over swansea and i think it was um 2010 i think possibly yeah um not too many other shirts that i can um pull out of the Mm. wardrobe for other victories over Swansea because there's not too many so imagine if you can that over my other shoulder is if this season's to. magical <laughs> Vegas monstrosity uh, to mark our victory from Swansea uh, back in October um, I think that's what you, I think that's what you should do in the future it's never, just not have the shirt there but it's the the shirt that dare not speak its name you won't get to use it very often it's anyway the shirt so. in your mind everyone it's, it's yeah, shirt, yeah. Exactly right, yeah I mean it'll be it'll Let's be what it, it'll be, be you'll be able to use it against three opponents as a yeah, four exactly four, right. you know, exactly. well who knows <laughs> It might be five or six by the time we get to this yeah, scenario. Who knows, um, yeah. Brilliant stuff. Um, Thank you. Let's um, um, get some plugs from you. Um, blog yeah. for Swansea, or blog for anything else, Twitter, yeah. all that jazz. Should go up, um, the, the blog for Swansea, we'll, obviously they've got to play Rotherham at the time, so it should go up on some point on Saturday, I think. That's what I've talked with. That's what Phil and I have agreed. That'll be up on TWTV, Saturday lunchtime. Um, at the latest, it'll be up Easter Sunday lunchtime, but um, but uh, ahead, of, ahead, of the, ahead of the Monday game. We'll see what happens against Rotherham tomorrow night with Swansea, and obviously we'll see what happens with us against Preston as well mm. and it'll all be linked um on at harry from bath which is my twitter handle and so everything that i do just gets gets you'll, you'll see the link on there as well brilliant. brilliant um and you can find me at ips rich um, and our channel at blue monday itfc um thank you again harry for your sterling work as always i was expecting us to be it done just in half an hour but here we are <laughs> um with a good amount of questions as well so thank you for those um yeah. and we will be back to talk sheffield united as the season starts to draw to a close and we can start thinking mm-hmm. about summer and league one and all that fun stuff so um thanks yeah. again harry have a great easter everyone
It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.